welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week, we are wrapping up our Literary Slumitted Mafia Romance Unit with Cressley Cole's The Professional. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a little bit different than the other ones we had read, I would say. Yeah, it was a little bit different in that <laughs> it really uh, was just erotica. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Um, <laughs> would, Oops. Does that make it better or worse? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Anna? I'm still torn. I don't like, I didn't, I definitely didn't love this book, mm. right? I think I have decided mafia romances. I don't know if I'm going to find that perfect one that I'm like, I love the genre now, or mm-hmm. I can appreciate what the genre does, right? Like, this is just not my kink, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book, I'm like, I'm trying to decide if it's just like, if it was just okay, or if I like disliked it. I don't, I don't, I didn't hate it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I know it wasn't one of the extremes. I'm trying to find out where in the middle of this <laughs> whole spectrum I, I land. But you're somewhere um, in the 2.5 to 3.5 range. Yes, gotcha. yeah. And I don't know, like, because the, the, the book is is erotica, mm-hmm. so I'm, like, asking for more plot is kind of beside the point with this book. Like, that's not that's not what it's going for. Um, and uh, I just, like, the sex scenes were not for me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they were well-written. I was, you know, I wasn't, like flipping through them trying to get past them because I hated them but like again this is just not my kink in in multiple ways today um what about you I think for me this was like a solid three I think that like it's not necessarily there's some parts of it that I was like "Eh, eh, no but I think of the mafia romances we've read and that I Mm -hmm. have read extracurricularly this one is probably my favorite um I think that it's addresses a lot of the issues I've had with other ones and um Mm -hmm. it is just like very much erotica so very much I mean it's it's hard to like kind of recommend that uh I don't (laughs) want to say that um it's it's hard because it's like go out and read the sex I think yeah sex yeah 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 (laughs) It's it's not it's embarrassing to recommend. Right. I mean, well, not necessarily. I mean, like I've recommended erotica to people before, I think. But okay. I, okay. I just I don't think this is quite like I wasn't as I mean, I don't want to get into my sexual proclivities here on the podcast, but <laughs> I wasn't as like this isn't something I'm into as you uh, evidently were. I wasn't into 100 percent of it, but there was some stuff that I was like, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And I think that if this is the genre of kink that you are into, I think it was a pretty well-written one. I have some yeah. issues with, like, the consent and stuff like that. But most of them get addressed later in the book. So mm. um, I'm willing to give kind it. kind of like with the trope, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. I think the way I was thinking about it was because some of the scenes I was like, oh, this is uncomfy. Like, they haven't talked about you know, like safe words or red light, mm-hmm. green light, anything like that. And I'm like, well, let, if I recontextualize this as would I have a problem with two people role playing this scene? I don't think I would, you know, because mm-hmm. so in that kind of context of like, yeah, the like borderline non-con stuff is not necessarily a thing that I would be into, but like 
I don't know that it was if you're reading this because you like that sort of vibe. I mean, yeah. I, I think this is one of the better ones of like mm-hmm. that sort of this this I think this realm of kink can go. Sorry, I stuttered a kink. There's just a lot of K sounds. This realm of kink can go very wrong very quickly, and I think it avoided a lot of those pitfalls. So yeah, I appreciated the the FMC being very sex positive, despite her inexperience. And I know that was something we were trying to avoid. We were trying to avoid the FMC being a virgin. We didn't care for the virgin kink. But I thought, like, this was – we found this book on a list. Or I found this book on a list uh, where someone on Reddit had asked for a, uh, some mafia romance suggestions where the FMC was not a virgin. Mm-hmm. And then this one came up. So I was like, oh, great. No virgin kink. But the FMC is a virgin, but in in not in a way that she's, like – it's not, like – holy to her you know like it's not like i need to keep it i would also say yes the fmc does consider herself a virgin as does the Mm -hmm. guy that she is pursuing i -hmm. don't can i first off virginity is a stupid concept but she has been in situations where there's been penetration other people have orgasmed like i to me that's she's had sex yeah you've been in sexual situations at this point again using the queer lens of like if this wasn't a straight couple, would that count as sex? Yes, then mm-hmm. it's sex, right? Um, yes. I And I think that, in addition, the buildup in this is not about her losing her V-card as much right. as it is other stuff, right? Whereas a lot of yes. the other ones that we've read were like, okay, first we're going to do hand stuff, then we're going to do oral, then we're going to do I'm gonna oral on him, and then yeah. eventually, like, third to last chapter we're gonna fuck for real and then you're gonna freak out about being pregnant probably um <laughs> because it's one and done baby because it's one and done yeah like <laughs> there wasn't any of that it was very much yeah. like just kind of a factor about her which i actually kind of liked i was like okay yeah. this is this is having a character who happens to have not had penetrative vaginal sex and not making it their whole fucking personality exactly. right she's just like men are trash and, like <laughs> that's why she hasn't had sex um I, yeah, I, th- I think this again, this is a book. Uh, who would I recommend this to? Um, I recommend this to people who already know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like this is not one that uh, you just like kind of, well, if you're a brave reader, okay, yes, maybe this is one you just like dip your toe and see what it's all about. But I think it's specifically written for people who already know exactly what they want. This is what you're getting. There are a lot of kinks in this, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. That kind of like, so I don't think necessarily it's going to be a situation where you're into every single one of the kinks in here. But if mm-hmm. you're into like BDSM um, mm-hmm. in general, uh, what is the one that's like the girl's exhibitionism? exhibitionism but there's a specific mm-hmm. one that's like the girl is naked and the guy is not. That's a oh, thing. Yeah. Um, that happens in this that book. I'm trying to think of some of the other, uh, there's, again, there's a little, and I believe Cressley Cole mainly writes paranormal romance, and I was yes. like, yeah, I can tell, girl, because there was definitely some shit where I'm like, just make him some a werewolf, my guy. Strong werewolf vibes. Strong werewolf vibes. so possessive, yes. Um, there's also some stuff that might be triggering. It doesn't get too in detail about it. There's no, like, no real um, sexual assault by the male character i would say there's a like i said a little bit of gray area when it comes to consent 
um, but not anything like super like some of the other ones that we've read I would say are like you don't have their full consent um, there's also some discussion of past child abuse both physically and sexually which uh, is something that might be traumatizing to people so mm-hmm. you know something to look check out your for trigger warnings yeah check yeah. check your kinks and then check your trigger warnings and then I think if you're looking for mafia erotica this is probably up your alley yes looking at it as like a mafia romance Mm -hmm. um how did it fit the bill to you um it was quite different from the other mafia romance romances Mm -hmm. i've read which i guess this will kind of also get into what else i've been reading this week and um it hasn't been this week it's been like a month of just i have i didn't go quite (laughs) as hardcore as i did for the uh time travel romance one just Mm because i didn't Mm -hmm. have the time but i did get through a few um Let's see. We did Take Me from the Manhattan Mafia series by C.D. Mm-hmm. Reese. We did Mafia Mistress but, uh, from the Kings of Italy series by Mila Finelli. We did Dirty Possession by Eliana Salome. Salome, maybe. Um, we did Cosa Nostra by Emma Nichols, I believe. Um, and we did Married to the Mobster, uh, which is the Morelli family number one by Leighton Green. So I've, I've got a, a bit of an understanding of it yeah. in general. I will say I think that the two things that make mafia romances tolerable to me are when it is gay. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I read one that was MM and one was, that was FF. The MM one is probably the one that I liked the most out of the bunch, kind of in retrospect, um, which uh, was recommended to me by Kate, who is over at All the Good Dogs podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like, it was this arranged marriage vibe, so it was hitting a lot of the tropes, but it wasn't like creepy virginity stuff and uh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. kidnapping. Like it was, there was a little bit of kidnapping. There's always a little bit of kidnapping, guys. Um, but, <laughs> but it was like very consensual kidnapping, right? Like oh, the guy, yeah. the dude she wanted was, to be kidnapped, you know. He was asking for it. Um, he, he was asking, he was for asking it. For Sorry. It. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, there was also a little bit of insta love, which is. Either most of these, it's either insta love or like enemies to lovers, but like real, real enemies. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other one that I, the other, the FF one that I read, it wasn't my favorite just because I thought it was a bit, uh, the pacing was off. But again, there wasn't the problematic elements in it. So that was nice. Um, huge insta love on that one as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I think can kind of make these tolerable or enjoyable. Um, is when it leans into the erotica, right? Um, the yeah. other one in this bunch that I think lent, leaned pretty hard into the erotica was the Mafia Mistress, uh, the Kings of Italy book, which is just like the setup is <laughs> awful. It's uh-huh. it's girl who is supposed to from one mob who is supposed to marry a guy from another mob, but then she wants to fuck his dad instead, um, and it's really obviously like daddy kink like a hundred percent that's the whole point of the book right Mm -hmm. and like kind of having that knowledge and being like that's what this is for is like a lot more tolerable I think than some of the other ones where it's like really regressive ideas about femininity and like protection and stuff like that Mm. um so when it's when that element the gender element is taken out of it or we're leaning into that element as a kink I'm like okay, cool, I can I can be okay with this, you know? Okay. 
Um, But some of the other ones, like, there was a pretty prevalent theme of, um, like, we saw in that first one where (laughs) the love interest was the future president and hated the mob. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, rescuing the girls from the mob, right? There was one that was, like... He was uh, like used to be in the mob as a kid and now is trying to rescue girls from the mob as like an adult. But the way he did that with the main character was by being like aggressively rapey to her because that's the only thing she had known. Yeah, like terrible. Right. Um, Or there was another one that I I texted you about that was uh, fine, except for it was hugely racist um, Mm. because it was disappointing. Like. Uh, the main character was from the Irish mob and he was fighting against the Koreans and the head of the Korean mob had a wife who he was prostituting out and he saved her. (sighs) Yeah, so it's like there's a lot to unpack with that. Um, Exhausting. Really very exhausting. So I think that like when when we can get away from that, it's fine. But the yeah. problem is that it seems like that's kind of the draw for a lot of folks who like mafia romance. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, and again, maybe maybe we just haven't found the right subgenre of this subgenre, mm-hmm. IDK. Um, but yeah, they just see, it just to me is, a, I can't look past uh, the problems mm. in the whole setup of a lot of these to get to the enjoyable part. But I don't know, because I like it. I, I mean, I, I feel like there is a dark romance category for mm-hmm. me based just on my personal interest. <laughs> sounds really gross and pervy of me to uh-huh. say right now. But, you know, I love a villain. You know, I like the the who did this to you trope. Like mm-hmm. what? I, I just I haven't. What is it? Where is it? I need IDK. We got to fine tune. Yeah. Yeah. I got to hone in on what it is exactly I need from a romance and then mm-hmm. only read that for the rest of my life I guess right I guess. definitely but <laughs> kind of back to the point of how this one fit in I think that yeah. um I mean as you kind of said the it's a little plot light because it's erotica um mm-hmm. there there is a bit of a plot we'll have enough to discuss I think in terms of like yeah the, the beats but uh I did find that this one was less mafia than a lot of the others as well because like i yeah well i guess this book was written is two parts i think it was three released as two or three parts yeah. okay so yeah it released as three separate books and i think it gets to a point where they kind of when they depart oops sorry i hit my microphone when they depart from the mafia part is like okay this is obviously a, a new mm-hmm. book now it's that not part of this bind up that we yeah read um, which is a little disappointing. I was enjoying the mafia stuff, and I wanted to get back to that. But. Yeah, that did seem to end pretty abruptly. And even with the mafia stuff, it was, like, very mafia light. Like, it was very, yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, your dad's the head of the mafia. Well, not even we want to shield her, but, like, your dad's the head of the mafia. And But it's, like, the nice mafia. Don't worry about it. He's the he's the protector. Yeah. The small person, you know. <laughs> it's, like, cool. I guess. Um, and I think that helped to resolve a lot of the issues, you know, but. She was like, cool, great. Cool. I love being a mafia you princess. You can kill people as long as you're a good guy, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. However that's determined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've talked a lot about the other mafia romances mm-hmm. I've been reading. What have you been reading, Anna? 
I read things unrelated. Um, Good. <laughs> I read, did I, I don't know if I talked about this in the last episode. I read Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom is Dead. Or I'm Glad My Mom Died. Hold on, let me find the correct. You did talk about that, but it was did before we started recording. We talked okay. about it beforehand. Perf. So I read um, I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has heard about this maybe at this point, but it is the... Um, the celebrity memoir written by the actress most well known for the character of Sam on iCarly on Nickelodeon talks about um, just her very uh, destructive relationship with her mother, but like she writes it in the present tense. And so you kind of just go on this journey with her throughout her childhood. And it just is the, I will never reread this because it was so, hard-hitting and hard to read but I'm very glad I did um so if you're looking for something uh like a celebrity memoir to really like that has some weight to it this is this is very good uh but again check your content warnings on that one because it was it was a difficult read Mm -hmm. um and then I also just finished today my new all-time favorite book Gideon the Night oh yeah yeah by Tamsin (laughs) Muir 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 Sorry, More. I I think we've had this exact discussion on the podcast before Absolutely. in terms of the when you read it. Yeah, well, it yeah. started reading it. I have not yeah. finished it yet, which oh was years God. ago. So I probably need you to start it. over. Oh, it's so good. I knew like two chapters in, I was like, I have to. I was reading it because it's on Kindle Unlimited. The first book is like two chapters in. I was like, I need to own this book, so mm. I bought it. And then halfway through the book, I was like, I need to own all the books. So then I went and <laughs> bought the others. I just I'm in love I this is my whole personality now um <laughs> about to make a tumblr for Gideon the Ninth content or I guess locked tomb content but basically um it is a it is a science fiction story about lesbian necromancers in space so that's all I'm gonna say about it because a, a lot of a lot of the book is the fun of unpacking what the plot mm-hmm. actually is I think so I'm not going to say any more about it other than I encourage everyone to read it. And I'm going to be starting Harrow the Ninth tomorrow when the book arrives. So I'm do you want to know a fun fact about that series? Yeah, as long as it's spoiler free. I mean, it's spoiler free, but I've been told it ruins it for people. What? It's, uh, nervous it's Homestuck fanfic. Stop. <laughs> Stop! It started supposedly. Supposedly, I don't know for sure. I haven't looked into it, but I believe it started out as a Homestuck fanfic. No, <laughs> no, are you serious? I mean, I honestly, I know nothing about Homestuck except that I don't want to get into it because there's simply too much content, and I think also the creator has kind of turned out to be a dick in recent years. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, I think there's kind of been some. Uh, questions when it comes to his um paying of people on time and things like that oh shit um from what i understand again allegedly allegedly i'm not in that fandom um yeah i don't know i read um the ms paint adventures when it was like Mm. the three detectives and i read that whole series and i started homestuck but i only ever got to like I can't remember how it's divided into. I think it got into like the third or fourth chapter or whatever mm-hmm. before I dropped it. Cause I was like, this is a little bit like I'm, I think I'm phasing out of this period of my life where Homestuck is really cool. Mm. Um, so I kind of dropped it, but I know it has had a huge, 
pop cultural impact on certain uh, areas of the internet. It's like one of those things, kind of like Warrior Cats, actually, where I see it referenced a lot, and like I can uh-huh. I recognize certain things as being from Homestuck. Should we cover Homestuck? I don't think I need to do that personally, <laughs> but you know, maybe eventually no, we'll run out impossible. of content. It would be impossible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well, how fun for us. How fun. I've ruined it for you. <laughs> It's fine. I will I will do my best to forget that uh, little <laughs> nugget of information you've bestowed upon me. All right. Let's talk about this book. <laughs> let's talk about this book, The Professional by Cressley Cole. Um, I think I would read other books. I, <laughs> I know we just never going to talk about this book. I think I would read other books by Cressley Cole. I, I think so, felt too. like this was very well written. I think I would want to see, like, a list of kinks because – yeah, that too. Again, could go yeah. could go either way. Yeah, I feel like can yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But uh, yeah, I think I think that like as <laughs> gotta in, be careful with those shift uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes they go some places you just didn't want to go. Like yeah, you were not ready for that one, and sometimes they awaken something in you. IDK was there? Was it just me? Uh-huh. Okay, I don't. I feel like we're gonna skip over a lot of the sex scenes because like, and yeah, which is probably. a big part of the book because like. No one wants to hear us describe sex scenes. <laughs> but the thing I do want to talk about in the sex scenes before we get into it, while we're yeah, talking yeah. about werewolf shit. Uh-huh. So she was trying to make this guy not this woman, right? Like, that was the vibe, right? Because there was, like, multiple times where they're talking about his dick ballooning when he's coming. And like I, the yeah the like and the bellowing I yeah and then also like marking her with his semen I'm like this is just werewolf you were porn like, re- just putting your scent on just, yeah like just this is just werewolf porn rebranded right that's what's absolutely. happening absolutely so She's I was like, like just make me, it let me just just make it a werewolf this. at that point what are we yes. doing yeah would we have liked this more if it was paranormal mafia romance as opposed to just normal people mafia um, my answer is yes because paranormal politics always more fun i don't because i think you could like very easily just make them werewolves and not really change anything about the plot so i Mm -hmm, feel like mm -hmm. it wouldn't really make that much of a difference it would just make more sense when she's talking about like how she can feel the cum moving through his dick in a in a (laughs) knot and i'm like i know what you're trying to do here cressley we know the origins of this i know what you're trying to do oh my god just the amount of times that he threw back his head and let out a bellow. Bellow, yeah, I'm lots like, of bellowing. This man is literally, <laughs> the he's, entire time he's having sex, he's just going, oh. You know what it was? It was she started riding it, and it was a water buffalo shifter, and she was like, no one's going to be horny for this, so she had to change it real quick. <laughs> I, that, that did throw me out every time it yeah, happened. Yeah, there was like, a lot these, of. They were not discreet about their lovemaking. And I mean, they shouldn't have to be. But when the entirety of their sex is filled with screaming and grunting and bellowing as written on the page, like it gets to be a little bit funny. They're very loud. I will also say the thing where you can tell what a writer's like weird fixation or kink is or like Mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of kink in this book, but she's really into balls. I will say that's I bet any Cressley Cole book, there's going to be a lot of discussion of ball balls. Play. Not even ball play, just like talking about talking how about swarthy they are. And I'm like, why? What are we doing? <laughs> it was a weird, it was weird for me as a person who doesn't care about balls at all. Fair. 
Uh, all right. So this book. <laughs> we've got our female lead, Natalie Porter, who is a grad student at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. She is adopted, and she has been searching for her biological parents for the past six years. Um, and she the, the book starts with her e- trying to email this person in Russia who has had a lead on who her biological parents are, but he is not answering. She thinks he has run away with her money. This is a girl who she's been like going through grad school, working two jobs to be able to afford this search because she doesn't want her adoptive parents or her adoptive mother to know that she is searching for her biological parents. This was a whole big deal, but then like the the adopted mom is like never in this Not book. even a little bit. So or like it didn't matter. The adopted <laughs> father who is deceased at this point, I thought there would be like at least some mention of like, I don't know, feeling weird about like basically immediately embracing a new man as your father when the father yeah. who raised you is dead. Like, yeah. I don't know. I thought it would come up, but basically it was just kind of like in the, in the background so that it w- wouldn't be uncomfortable for her to have two dads, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, my bio dad, he's so perfect and cool. I love him. He's the best ever. Love this man. Um, (laughs) So uh, the one night, um, what's her name? Natalie goes out to a bar with some of her friends. She calls herself the Manalist as this funny little nickname because she is able to tell what a guy is all about as soon as she looks at him, right? Like, ooh, that one has a gambling problem. Ooh, that one is a mama's boy. You know, just that kind of stuff. Should be noted that she doesn't actually follow up with most of these men no. to see if those things are just factual. She's just kind of guessing. Yeah. And everybody's like, like mm, yes. We all do that. We all do that. <laughs> yeah, they all take her word as law. Like, you are so correct. But, like, how would any of them know? <laughs> it would be cool if she was, like, all Sherlock Holmesy about it and was like, oh, can't you tell by this, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da in his pocket yeah. or whatever? Nah, this is her paranormal thing. I was going to say, I was going to say also, it'd be cool if she was just a werewolf who sniffed the, the gambling on sniffed him, you know? It out, yeah. <laughs> uh, she has a best friend, Jess, who is I didn't awful. Care for. I hated Jess. <laughs> I hated Jess so much. She's kind of there as like. She she's she's the foil to Natalie. Like she's just this rich girl who's had everything handed to her, doesn't have to work hard, uh, kind of, you know, has has, you know, dating all kinds of different people at once, which is not a bad thing. But it but compared to Natalie, who's like not had a long term boyfriend and actively thinks that all men are trash and doesn't want to pursue a relationship is like they're they're just supposed to be opposites. But Jess is like. I don't know. Jess speaks like... (laughs) So abrasive to me. The way a teenage boy would write a woman who was very sexual, right? Yeah. Because she just makes like... She makes a bunch of South Park jokes, I think is kind of the vibe. This is like our first line from her. She says, you better be careful, you you picky prude, talking to Natalie. Or else you'll take your hymen to your grave like a skin tag. And then for the rest of the book, they refer to, to Natalie's virginity as a skin tag, which like, ew. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. A weird vibe. Um, I didn't like, yeah. And then she always gave shit advice. Like, <laughs> she, she also know, just man. every line from her was very like, I'm trying to think what was the one. Let me find it real quick. Hold on.
uh, <laughs> when Natalie is describing a sexual encounter with uh-huh. the uh, love interest, Jess responds, that is so hot. You just gave me a wedding. Fap, fap, fap. Which no one talks that no way. No one speaks that way. It was really Outside distressing. Of like a four chan message board from ten years ago. Like, absolutely. what are we doing? I didn't understand. I didn't even know why she was in this book because again, Natalie like shoots off to Russia and is like, "Smell you later, everyone I ever knew." She's in there so Natalie can have someone to talk to who's not the oh God, he. She's God. the diary, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather Natalie had had no friends than Jessica. <laughs> She really grated on me. Uh, and then That's I thought, I was like, okay, so then at the end of this book, they're like, oh, Jess is going to come stay with us in Russia in mm-hmm. our really big house. And I'm like, oh, so the sequel will probably be about Jessica, right? No. Oh, what's the sequel the about? about? It's about another girl that's not even in this book. Oh, but is it one of and, the brothers? Yes. It's, okay. it's his Figured. brothers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. This guy has brothers. That is actually a spoiler for this book, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So she, they're at this bar, and Natalie's like, no man will ever meet my standards. I'm saving my virginity until I do find that perfect man that apparently doesn't exist, but IDK. And then in walks her perfect man, right on cue. It is this tall, brooding, muscular mafia type, because he actually is in the Russian mafia. She approaches him, and she's like, hey, can I buy you a drink? And he's like, ew. <laughs> and then leaves. He's like, I don't, you don't want this. No, Mm-mm. I'm disgusted by you. Um, and so Natalie's like, man, dang, struck out. Guess I'm not hot. She is though. She's like, she's like shapely. She's pale skin. She's got red hair. Another Jessica another, Rabbit. Her and another. America Singer are Just out here. All these sexy redheads recently. America Singer, mm-hmm. Natalie, Firestar. Mm-hmm. I Firestar, mean, Firestar. No. <laughs> Firestar out here like, hey, can I get you anything off the fresh kill pile? <laughs> Listen, I mean, he's got the mafia head of the family vibe, you know? He is, he is the dad in this book because he's like the good guy mafia, mm-hmm. right? Versus like, all the other sucky mafias. fighting against Shadow Clan. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're too, in too deep with Warrior Cat. <laughs> Everything um, is about it now. <laughs> So Natalie uh, goes home and she's like, well, I guess that man was so hot. I have no choice but to masturbate in my bathtub. And as she's doing so, she sees the man from the bar staring at her. And she's like, what? Hello? Holy shit. What are you doing in my house? And he's like, come with me. We must go now. Uh, you you were searching for your bio dad and uh, I'm he wants him. You... No, just I'm... that would be awful. Oh my God, that would be <laughs> that would be this would be a whole different conversation. Um, <laughs> you've been searching for your bio dad. You found him. I'm going to take you to him. It has to be tonight. We uh, we have like an hour until we leave, but we got to go now. And he like starts packing up stuff for her and like emails her professors like I have a family emergency. So I have to unenroll for a little while, which like I don't that you don't I don't think you can just like temporarily unenroll I don't know I don't know much about she she was taking incompletes in all of her classes Mm -hmm. so it would be like a ding against her but yeah um I mean I don't think you can they can really stop you you know (laughs) yeah I mean that's true but like I'm just like I don't know 
uh, basically unenrolling her from her grad school program and uh, convincing her that she has to go with him, a complete stranger, into a uh, like a limo and then onto a plane that's not at the airport. She's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go with him. But once we get to the airport, I'm sure airport security will help me out if I need to. But then they don't even go to the airport. They go to like this really shady like cornfield where there's a plane waiting for them. I will She's say wearing- I don't blame her for because if a dude showed up to my house uh-huh. while I was masturbating or not, um and was like we need to watch you for a little bit and watched for a little bit while i was playing sims 4 or whatever (laughs) (laughs) uh and was like we gotta go right now either you come willingly or i'm gonna kidnap you we're going to to fly somewhere i'd be like yeah okay like i'm not gonna try to fight this dude in my house Mm-hmm. What if he breaks my computer and I can't play Sims 4 what anymore? What if he destroys my Sims 4 save files? <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like this is logical if you're in a kidnapping situation to be like, okay, he's saying that we're going to go somewhere public. We'll get somewhere public and I'll scream for help. Like, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, he doesn't do that, though. He takes her to the air, the, the private cornfield airport. Yes. And he's like, hey, I'm your bodyguard. Your dad has assigned me to be your bodyguard. She's like, what do I need a bodyguard for? He's like, well, there's other other mafia. Or no, he doesn't say mafia because she doesn't figure out he's in the mafia yet. But he's like, there's people out there who want to get you. And, you know, just basically scaring her into. She has a sneaking suspicion that she, that this might be mafia related. But mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. get confirmed until later. Yes. Um. <laughs> So they get to the cornfield, and he's like, all right, get on the plane. And then she decides to run, and he chases her through the cornfield and tackles her. And uh, then she's like, ooh, Predator prey we... kink. That's another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you never run from a werewolf, right? Mm-hmm. Unless that's part of the thing that you're into, because that is a legitimate like kink, is mm. running away and getting chased down. That I've been on dating be sites mine. way too long. I know too many weird yeah. niche kinks. Yeah, you are always educating me uh, about all these things. I get scared, like, I get too scared coming up the stairs, mm. like, from the basement. I know, like, that's not. No, this absolutely was not one. I was like, no. this is. That would make me cry. That would be very annoying to me if you had to incorporate exercise. Please, into- I don't I don't want to run. Like I'm can we just tired. I don't can I walk actually, I don't, actually I don't, I don't think I want to do this at all. I'm gonna go play Sims yeah. 4. Goodbye. I got you know what? I download Wicked Whims on Sims 4. I don't need anything else. Uh, but he tackles her in the middle of this cornfield and they almost have sex. Uh, there's definitely some chemistry between the two of them already. Mm. Like she thought he was the hottest perfect man for her ever when he just walked into a bar. Spoilers, he's been lusting after the whole time he's been watching her from afar, which has been a month total. And he, he keeps was like insta love. And he keeps saying things like they're about to make out and he says things like I can't it will destroy everything and she's like i don't know what that's about it's like girl put two and two together he works for your dad don't be don't be ridiculous (laughs) yes um also i like how this took i assume this is probably a kink for someone i actually don't know about this one for sure but i'm guessing that there's like people who are into the idea of a stalker not saying that not trying to victim blame people who actually deal with stalkers but i'm sure that there are people who like 
have a kink about it, you know? Some people might be flattered by that, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, if it's a consensual, like, role-play yeah, situation yeah, 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 is yeah. kind of what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, but she created a consent or like a, a stalker situation in which it really wasn't his fault that he had to be such a creeper. Like, cause it was like, Oh, you're, he was trying to protect her. I'm trying from to protect you from a threat. thing you didn't know about. And your dad told me to do it and he was paying me. And also I owe him my life. So I guess a little light stalking is okay. Right. It's not light stalking though. He does know everything stalking. about her. <laughs> he does everything about her, the contents of her accounts, like what kind of dildo she keeps under her bed. He calls it her arsenal. They joke about that several times in this book. Uh, she needed to know that for her protection. For her protection, she needed to know that he knew about her dildos. The dildos are ribbed for her protection. For her protection. <laughs> As, as they are resolving this this issue where she had run away from him in the cornfield, he says, if you run from me again, I will catch you. It's what I do. And then I'll spread you over my knees and whip your plump ass until you know better. I just, here's my thing. Okay. Uh-huh. You are, your boss is like, hey, can you go watch my daughter for yeah. me in America until such a time as when I feel it's safe for me to come over and talk to her face to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh shit, there's, there's Shit's a going in her down. life. You need to bring her to me. He goes, he, he sees her immediately, falls in love, has been stalking her for the past month, falling more and more in love with her, has told his dad, has told, uh, her dad like, Hey, I don't think I should do this because I love your daughter. And I have a, like a dark, <laughs> dark, I want to fuck your daughter <laughs> urges. I have dark <laughs> urges when I look at your daughter and the dad is like, it's fine. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. You know? I would love for the two of you to fuck. That would be <laughs> that would be ideal for me. My my biological daughter and my adoptive son. I would want nothing more than for the two of you to fuck. Like, okay, I mean, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. Also, it's not like he, they were they grew up together or anything like that. But no. I. But he calls him my son. Yes, but here's my counterpoint. I think that an uh, urchin off the street at thirteen. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And a son-in-law. Okay, no. Yes, the thing. Okay, because there's like no, a... I'm saying, I'm saying they that. walk into the room together, like, and he's like, my daughter and my son, in a way that's like, he's not the son because he's with the daughter. Like, this is a yeah. separate, he's your son separate of I don't, your daughter. I like, don't, look, I don't know. So I think that, I think I can wrap my head around it in terms of like, yeah, that does actually to me it would it would make logical sense if he wasn't so immediate, immediately like on board with her as a daughter, right? If he was right. like, "Yeah, okay, you're my biological daughter and we're going to get to know each other and whatever." Um and hey, wouldn't it be great if you hooked up with, you know, like my second in command, uh who's like a son to me and then, you know, we could all really be family sort of thing. Like, but yeah, you're right. He is a little bit <laughs> hardcore on the familial relations right off the bat. It's that's it's a lot. But so you meet this, you, you're, you've been following this girl and you finally have the chance to talk to her face to face. And in order to win her trust, uh, you tell her, don't run away from me because when I catch you, I'm going to spank you. Yeah. Like, you don't know anything about what this girl likes. <laughs> Why would you say this to a stranger? Isn't that how you usually get people to do stuff? <laughs> 
don't you go into stores yeah, and say, can you check the back for me? And if you don't, if you I'm going to spank product, you. I'm going to spank you. I'm going to put you over my knee and spank and you. whip your plump ass. <laughs> I would like my coffee with uh, two creams, one sugar. And if you put a second sugar in there, I'm going to spank I'm you. I'm going to spank you. I'm going to tie you up. Put a gag in your mouth and spank y'all. It is escalating things in a very specific direction. Yes. Yes, because then he's like, <laughs> we spend so much time in this book also being like, I can't expose you to my dark yes. urges. Yes. The- <laughs> From the get-go, you did though, bro. <laughs> the male lead of this book has um, oh, so what I like to call so I'm a sex monster syndrome. Yes. Where he's just so sure that the sex Mm -hmm. that he's into is like horrific and will frighten off any decent woman. And it's Uh just like, bro, you actively engage in the kink scene. You know there's women who are into this. Exactly. (laughs) And And it's not just. We can get into the way in which his kink is tied to his trauma, which is also kind of a trope that I don't really love. But, you know, like, okay, I can maybe he's like, you know, I don't want to be like my dad. But it's like, dude, you've been you've been being like your dad if you see this as that, you know, for a while now. (laughs) (sighs) She gets on the plane. Um, And uh after he's like, I will explain everything to you about your dad, but we, you got to get on the plane. We got to go. We got to take off. Like we can't be in Nebraska anymore. It's too dangerous. So they do. She has to go take a shower on the plane because she's all covered in cornfield, mm-hmm. and she uh, doesn't have any clothes and with angst. her. It's cornfield angst and horniness, mm-hmm. pheromones, uh, pheromones. Yep. Because you know, whenever I'm in a cornfield, that's what really gets me going—just being around the corn. In the I field. mean, I haven't heard of a corn kink, but it's probably out there. It's corn. Big <laughs> Don't. With knobs. It has the juice. Why would you defile? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, um, I mean, it's there. It's right there it's in there. the text. It's right there. It was asking. Um, so they get on the plane and she's like, she comes out, she doesn't have any of her clothes on the plane yet. Cause he was like, I will buy you all new clothes. We just, if you're a billionaire. Let's get the fuck out of here. She doesn't have any clothes. So she comes out wearing, of course, one of his button down shirts. And he's like, mm, she's so hot, but I don't want her to know that I think that. And she's like, I hope he thinks I'm hot. Um, but anyway, he starts explaining like, Hey, your dad, he's like, the boss of a mafia in Russia, but he's like one of the good guys. A cool mafia. He's a cool mafia guy because basically his whole thing is like when he was a kid, his dad died because he didn't want to pay the the mafia protection money, and then his mom died a couple years after that, and so he um, decided he I'm vowed to mafia, mafia harder than he, any I'm gonna other mafia, mafia so hard. <laughs> So he did. He started a mafia and he's like, but my thing, I would take money from people to protect them. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 what they were doing. That's fine. I guess the implication (laughs) is and he also like he's like much money or I think it's because he's bribing like or he's like fucking politicians over. He's like doing shit with that. And then yeah. he said it's in like real estate and stuff, which, OK, landlord, landlord vibes, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I think 
we're supposed to understand it as like legitimate protection money from the other mafia that keeps trying yeah. to encroach. But it he is seems like a decent guy. He seems nice. He I don't know. It's still a mafia. I will. I will. He's a billionaire. I will say it was. It was easier to buy him as nice head of mafia in Russia versus like the various heads of mafia in these other romances I've read that are typically mm-hmm. in the U.S. Where I'm like, okay, maybe this is like American centric of me, but you know, like fall of communism and and uh, like upheaval after that, and I can see like the mafia maybe being like possibly able to protect, you know, like where there's that sort of system of like everything's in upheaval. We need someone to like take care of the common folk sort of thing. I'm like, I don't think that's probably how most mafias in Russia work, but I could see that maybe making sense versus like the U S versions, which are usually just like, yeah, we've been murdering each other for a hundred years so we can sell more drugs, you know? And I'm like, okay, well I do like this better. I don't know how realistic it is. I I don't none of these really are right. Of course. <laughs> um. So she learns all this stuff about her dad, and she's like, "Cool, my dad sounds really neat." Uh, and he's like, "I'm I'm your dad's right hand man. I'm his enforcer." Uh, she like sees all his tattoos, and she's like, "I'm gonna look those up later to see what they mean." And basically finds out that he's like done jail time, and he's killed people, and he's stolen things, and blah 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 blah. She doesn't care about she any of that. She already knew what the tattoos meant because she, like, had researched tattoos or whatever. She knew some of them, okay. and then she wanted to do, like, further research. Because I, I know, know. We talk about the tattoos several times. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when she starts calling him Siberia. Because have we said what his name is yet? No, we haven't. His name is Sebastian. <laughs> okay. Alexander Sebastian. He goes by the Siberian because he's from Siberia. <laughs> Great. She's like other people like her dad is the clockmaker. Well, he's because he makes clocks, but it sounds cool. Like yeah. this guy's the clockmaker. Then they've got like other cool nicknames. I don't remember. And then he's just like I'm Siberian. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so she calls him Sebastian or Siberian, even though that's his nickname and last name. She doesn't call him his first name until the very end of the book. Um, <laughs> it's fine. So he tells her all this and she's like, I really, I really still want to have sex with this man. But he's like, I can't like, this is a line I don't want to cross with my boss's daughter. So he kind of turns her down and she goes to bed. Then she wakes up a little bit later and there he is in bed with her. And he's like, I suddenly now want to have sex with you. They need to get it out of their system. Yes. They need to get out of their system. A thing Um, that if you say, you know that you're in a romance novel or an erotica like mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. has e- maybe this is too personal but you know i'm just gonna ask has anybody in the history of anything ever actually legitimately thought i'm gonna fuck this person once and get them out of my system that's not how anything works never <laughs> like i mean maybe if you're just lying to yourself but... <laughs> uh so, yeah, they they don't have penetrative sex, but he does do a little bit of dabbling with, like, you have to do everything I tell you to do and don't come until I tell you to, that kind of thing. So, you Orgasm know, we're getting denial. a little taste of it, and she's into it in a way that kind of, once he realizes, Sebastian is like, I 
didn't think you would be like this and kind of is conflicted because he thought it he would liked. scare her off it doesn't work because she's super into she's super into it she's discovering this new side of her um and she being the sex positive person that she is is like i want i want to see where this leads like it's a little bit scary but i kind of want to see where it leads and he's like you're my boss's daughter also, there's, like, secret mafia stuff going on where if I have penetrative sex with you, that means we have to get married. But she doesn't tell her that. <laughs> Which, like, that doesn't come That doesn't come up for, like, 100 more pages. That seemed like it was going to be way more of a big deal than it ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just a nothing. It was, like, brought in as, like, a, oh, uh, if you guys fuck full on then you're basically mafia married so mm-hmm. you're um, you're plighted yeah which okay uh and i was like oh this is gonna be like a conflict later on but it's really not it really <laughs> wasn't or i thought it would have been more like oh because of because of the thought that we would have sex together that's why you know the thing happened where it stopped being a mafia romance i started just being a regular romance and we had to flee. I didn't want to spoil it yet in the summary. Which is why I'm being vague about it now. I'll get to it, I guess, yeah, later. Yeah. Um, so they get to Russia, whatever. Um, her dad is cool. She loves her dad immediately. He just seems like a genuinely nice guy. Like, the fact that he is a mafia boss is doesn't seem like a facet of his personality at all. He is generous. He is kind. He is, you know, uh, all the things that you don't you All don't the things you want in a mafia boss. She calls boss. him a skinny Santa. That's who she. That's how she sees her dad. He's like he's just a skinny little Santa man. Um, <laughs> her bio mom uh, died after she was born, and in fact, her, her bio dad did not even know that the mom was pregnant with her. Otherwise, he would have never given her up. But basically, there was this thing where the um, when you join the Bratva or whatever, you have to promise to never have. Uh, a family because then that makes you an easier target so like that's why he sent her bio mom away um and then she died and the the baby was put up for adoption because there was no one else there to raise the baby obviously um and he has been uh he didn't know to look for her and then he sees the fact that she went and found him as like this this blessing or the sign of like i don't know he he's very just like a hundred percent all in. in immediately yeah. yeah he's like you are my daughter i'm changing my will you are gonna inherit my estate and my billions and everything she's like, the light touches well yeah exactly will one day be yours because you have all the money in the world and she's like not on she's like i don't i don't the money makes me nervous i just want i just want my bio i don't care about the money i only want a relationship Um, with my papa once they land sebastian is kind of like he's distant from her like they share these smoldering looks or whatever and she tries to initiate sexual stuff with him several times and there is once that he reciprocates they they have a sexual encounter in a maid's closet um uh, again, after no she penetrative... gives him a foot job under the table, yeah, just Plus, yeah, <laughs> with her dad right next to her. <laughs> no, her dad had gone to bed at that point, but oh, everybody else she was waited. still. Everybody down else there. was still around. Um, oh, she meets wild. this like distant cousin named Philippe, uh, who has money issues. He's a gambler, but he's like trying to woo her, very obviously to everyone except for Natalie. <laughs> just does not see it because she's so obsessed with Sebastian. Sebastian and Philippe have like several, you know, man offs. I feel like it wasn't even so much that she didn't see it as much as she was just like, well, I'm not into him. I'm not into him. So it obviously doesn't matter if he's horny for me. (laughs) 
Right, right. Which, I mean, like, honestly, correct. <laughs> like, if, yes. if you're not into someone and uh, uh, if they haven't made a move yet, like, that's not your responsibility to, <laughs> to be, true. like, to manage their emotions about you. This is very true. Um, but, you know, everyone else thinks it was our responsibility, so what can we do? Um, Philippe is kind of, like, going out of his way to show her around and stuff. Sebastian gets jealous, yada, yada, yada. There's all this, there's all this, like, conflict, I guess. Then Loose, one day. Loosely, loosely a conflict. Loosely Mainly conflict. an excuse to go fucking a bathhouse. Pretty much, yeah. So one day she and Philippe are going to go on a horseback riding ride, and Sebastian shows up, and he's like, hey, you're wanted in the house. I'm going to take her on the, the horseback ride. And he's like, eh, Sebastian, no, you're a dick, and I hate you. Because he's like got a British accent for some reason. And uh, He's like, Natalie's you're going like, to wait for me to do the horsey ride later, right, Natalie? And she's like, no, I want to no, go ride horses. I'm going to go ride my Bye. horse now. And they do. And it <laughs> Which starts- is honestly yeah. a baller move. Absolutely. And he gets all pouty about it and stomps back to the house. Like, I can't believe you've done this to me. Um, so <laughs> Philippe is all pissed. She and Sebastian go on the horseback riding ride. And it starts to rain <laughs> really hard. And the closest place they can get to is this bathhouse um, called like a banya, I think. Sure. I don't know. It's it's a it's a steamy, sexy room. Where they can lock the door. A sauna. And they have another sexual encounter where he's like, Ooh, you think you want this? Well, let me show you what it's all about. And he like does some whipping of her breasts and then they don't have, and then he's like, beg me to have sex with you. But at this point she knows about the, uh, the plighting. So she's like, no, I don't want to have sex with you. Cause I, I'm only 24 and I don't want to be tied down to you in marriage. He's like, I can't believe you didn't beg for my dick. Dang, oh, you well. saw through my very obvious plan. I'm going to tell everyone we fucked anyway, and then it's good as done. We're going to get married. And she's like, no, don't do that. I'm going to talk to my daddy. I don't, I didn't understand this at all. I think that he was <laughs> like, everyone will just assume we fucked. Yeah. So it's like a done deal, girl. Yeah, so you might as well just have had sex with me because I'm going to tell everyone we and did. And he's been like really hot and cold for the last two weeks and i yes. think i can't remember exactly when he reveals this but basically her dad told him to like lay off for a couple of weeks let her acclimate but i get I, like it's it's weird because it seems like he was very like down to clown ready to put a ring on it basically immediately at, at this point you know and from yeah. by extension two weeks before but then, like, after that, it's he goes back to the same, like, wishy-washy bullshit of, like, you so couldn't possibly want to be with me. It's like, well, are you trying to trick her into marriage or not? Like, come on, or, dude. Yeah, like, come on. You just at least act like it until, you, until you're married and then, and then whatever. It doesn't matter. They go to the big house and, sorry, no, I don't want to say it like that. They go to the house that is big. <laughs> Shit. Take that again. Uh, They go up to the main house uh, and everyone is like giving her looks like they've all already heard about the fact that these two have been locked in the sauna together. So that must mean they had sex and now they're going to be engaged or whatever. And daddy's all pleased. He's like, my daughter and my son, finally. Uh, And she says, no, 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 no. I don't I don't want to be married. Uh, and he's like, well, if that's the case, it's going to look like Sebastian was undermining me and it's going to make me look like a weak mafia leader. So I'm going to have to send him away. 
And she's like, fine, do it. As long as I don't have to get married. And as she's saying that, Sebastian walks in and he's like devastated, right? Because he thought, I'm getting married. (laughs) (laughs) He he comes in like, Papa, I've come to pick out the groomsman's neckerchiefs with you. What? Will you be my best man, daddy? (laughs) And also walk me down the aisle and also marry us. And also marry us. Actually, walk us both down the aisle, but not at the same time. You have to go back up. There'll be like a little hatch <laughs> under the stage door. You have to go back to the front of the auditorium. It'll be just like a David Blaine situation. <laughs> We're going to need to find a body double. <laughs> uh, so he storms off, and they, he and he and Natalie have like a angry fight and he's and he says something like i'm just gonna go fuck some other women and she's like fuck you and he leaves um he doesn't leave to go fuck other women though he leaves to go kill this other mafia boss because it turns out that this other mafia boss put a hit on her like none of this is ever really doesn't matter it's just gotta get to the sex yeah it's like this is not this isn't sex so why do you guys care about plot i don't know this is also the mafia boss the mafia boss put a hit on her but also put yeah. a hit on him and also her dad and the dad yeah the, so, the one on the dad's been there for a minute but really yeah. overachieving on these yeah. hits this mafia boss he needs to maybe reprioritize figure and out which ones are really the, important sebastian can just walk in and kill the guy like why didn't they do that six months ago he didn't have the proper motivation. His woman wasn't on the line. <laughs> He's entirely powered by dick. <laughs> My dick held the gun that night that shot him. <laughs> Sebastian walks in and he's like, Sebastian, the Siberian, here to kill me at last. And Sebastian unzips his pants and goes, no, no, not not I. And then his dick pops out with a tiny gun. <laughs> I'm here to get you. <laughs> no. That'll be- Say hello to the little Serbian. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Ah, ah. <laughs> cursed. <laughs> oh, my God. So cursed. Um. <laughs> anyway, the next day, Daddy dies. Um, so what happens? <laughs> so Sebastian comes back, and he's, he's told Daddy about how he's killed the other mafia boss. Daddy's all happy. And Natalie's like, Sebastian, we have to work together to be civil in front of Daddy because it hurts him how we're how we're fighting all the time. And Sebastian's like, "Fine, if you think you can do that." Uh, so they they kind of like they go to him and they're like, "We've agreed to be civil. You don't have to send him away, but we're still not getting married and we're gonna stop having sex." And uh, Dad's like, "Cool," but then Philippe walks as, in he's as like, they're discussing their sex plans or lack thereof or lack thereof. <laughs> Philippe's like, I heard there was a uh, warrant out for your death. So he unzips his pants. He unzips his pants and he pulls out the little Philippe. (laughs) For some reason, I was about to do a French accent for little Philippe. (laughs) I'm here to kill you. I'm here to kill you, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for this episode, everybody. We're just doing all we can to avoid talking about the sex scenes in death, y'all, right? Y'all know we get rowdy on the horny apps. Come on. You know we do. You know we do. Uh. <laughs> Philippe says, I heard there's a bounty on your head, old man, and fires his gun. And Sebastian has to choose between daddy and wifey. And he chooses to save wifey's life. And then daddy dies. Everyone is sad. And by everyone, I mean Sebastian and Natalie. Sebastian then kills Philippe. Shoots him right in the forehead. With his like, gun dick. 
with his gun deck and then they have to escape to this boat that's been lying in wait and has like fake passports and shit on it um and then they go to paris and they have a lot of sex in paris all over all over paris they go to a bdsm club uh they uh have a lot of regular sex and I basic, guess we should talk about it in order. No, I mean, I think that the only, like, we can kind this of... This is so much sex. There's a lot of part. sex. And the only, like, plot point here is mm-hmm. that he is not talking to her about anything important. And yeah. she wants him to talk to her about important things. Anything. And that's really it in terms of yes. plot for this bit. It's just, like, a lot of them having good sex and then being like, well... What was your favorite color? What's your childhood like? And him being like, I cannot possibly, I cannot possibly tell you what my favorite color is. I will, I have never considered this, will never consider this. I'm not allowed a favorite color because I am a bad person who's done murders. And so I'm just going to shut down. You wouldn't give a murderer a favorite color, would you? I'm going to shut down entirely and not talk about this at all. And then she's going to try and break up with you, but you don't allow it. Yes, I truly the the villain of this section is Daddy because Daddy wrote two letters, one to Natalie and one to Sebastian. Upon Daddy unintentionally kink shamed. Daddy did a bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he wrote a letter to Natalie before he died that was like, "Hey, if you're reading this, I guess I'm shit out of luck." Um, Don't worry, you, Sebastian will take care of you. Have fun. Yeah, Wink. You and Sebastian belong to each other, but for him. But for you guys, for you ever to have like a future together, you need to get him to open up to you. He has never told me his secrets, but you need to get him you to tell need him to your secrets. That. And she it's ad- like his last wish. And she addresses like, oh, it's not a good idea to try to like change a guy. That's bad. But then she's like, well, I'm not trying to change him. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to like have him talk to me. Yeah. Which is like, she okay. says, I don't want to get rid of your shadows. I want to make them our shadows, which I was like, that's kind of mature, I guess. Yeah. Um, so she's busy trying to do that mission from daddy. And then Sebastian, meanwhile, got a letter that was like, Natalie is my beautiful princess. If any harm comes to her, I will come back as a zombie and I will kill you, Sebastian. I will chop off your dick gun. gun. And I, (laughs) and you know, that thing is nasty. It's been decomposing. (laughs) Who knows how long my body laid there in the estate before anyone came, you know, to do anything with it. Um, and Sebastian really takes this to heart. So they have like kind of, they have sex. They finally do have penetrative sex and he leaves bruises on her just from like grabbing her and clutching at her and stuff. And the next morning when he sees that, he's like, I'm, I, I disobeyed daddy. (laughs) I can't believe I've done this. So then he just only has vanilla sex with her from then on out. And it's making her frustrated. She's like, no. And I will say, as a person who is also very fair skinned, like the standard of we can't have sex if it leads to bruising is like, (laughs) like you're doing it. It's like doing it through a sheet at that point. Like no points of contact (laughs) except for one. Don't touch me at all. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, those like BYU standards. Uh huh. Yes. Got to got to get a friend to jump on the bed next to you in order to. Yeah. Yeah. No movement at all. <laughs> got to soak in it. 
I can't believe that's real. I just, I I refuse to believe it's real. Who can say? Oh my God. Anyway. So yes, they have all of this. Like she's like, she loves being with him. And she, she, when he, when he's on, like he's really good. Like he takes her to an art museum. She's like a historian. Her PhD was going to be in some history and women gender studies, but she really loves history. So he like, you know, takes her all over Paris and takes her out to nice dinners. And then she finally is like, bro, I'm unhappy with our sex life. Let's do, let's get into some kink. He buys like this private room at a BDSM club where it's like if you had a box seats at a baseball game, but no one can see you unless you push a button that allows the, the one, the two way mirror to become a window, I guess. Um, and he's like, fine. It's essentially the panopticon, but sexy. But sexy. <laughs> uh, so he like, they, they, they have very exhibitionist sex because he's like, the only way I'm going to explore kink with you is if you show me, if you do anything I ask in this moment. And he basically makes her put on the show. He basically escalates it to a point that he's uncomfortable with because he yes. thinks it'll make her uncomfortable and she's like, nah, dude, nah, let's go. Press like, my yeah. titties up against that window. <laughs> uh, yes. And she like enters, uh, what is it, subspace? Is that what it? What they... I believe so, Like yes. when you kind of like get that high yeah. from it or whatever. And he's like, damn, this is the perfect girl for me. I never thought sex or love could be like this. So then she's like, great, our relationship is really... It could be like this. Yeah, Moulin Rouge, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Come watch me. She's like, great, our relationship is really going to be improved by this. Spoiler alert. It's it's not. not. (laughs) It's not. He's afraid. He's afraid of every time they get close like this. This is what he explains later. Every time... We, like, had that connection. I felt like I was about to open up to you, and then I didn't want to, so I would get mad at you and me, and then I would just leave. So he's been, like, going to all these meetings and stuff, and he doesn't even tell her when he's leaving, where he's going, who he's meeting with. He's just leaving her in this fancy Parisian penthouse with a panic room where she sits there and watches, like, the cameras of people walking by all day because she's fucking weird and just won't turn on Netflix. (laughs) I don't... What the fuck? Now, now, she also masturbates on camera in order to annoy him. In, in order to annoy him. God. Uh, so then she's finally, things reach a breaking point when she, he, Sebastian has basically told her, like, he has no family, right? Mm-hmm. The daddy was his daddy. That's all the family he needed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the people that he's been continuously meeting with, she finds out, through that person is his brother maxim his younger brother she flips out she's like can't believe he's been fucking hiding his whole family from me i'm never going to get to know him this whole relationship is doomed she flees gets to the airport is about to get on a plane to nebraska and then who shows up but sebastian at the airport charges through the airport and basically he's like Come with me or you're going to make a scene. I'm going to kill someone and Interpol is going to arrest me. And she's like, this was the point at which he did lose points with me. He lost a lot of points. (laughs) If you don't come with me, some people are going to die and then I'm going to be arrested by Interpol. And then also he kind of implied that he would murder all of Interpol because he was like, 
they can't take you <laughs> all of Interpol. They can't take me away from you. And I'm like, you need to de-escalate, my man. Like, I w- he, once you find out just... his his backstory, and also just like even at this point, it's like, okay, he's had one friend his entire life, and it's a man who's like. 30 years older than him you know um i he's clearly a little bit socially stunted you know yes Um, he's never spent time around a woman for any length of time like he's had sex with them but then he's never never been on a date talk to them he's he's constantly saying i just don't understand what women want he just like i don't know (laughs) like good thank you (laughs) um yeah, I just, uh, he's like a child. He's a child. And then, and so when she leaves him, he like goes all alpha wolf and like flips out, right? Mm-hmm. He goes and chases her at the airport, does this whole thing. She goes with him and they get back and they have like really rough possessive sex. And she like, he basically demands this from her as a punishment and she doesn't want to do it, but her body is responding to it. So she's like, fuck it, I'll have sex. And then afterwards immediately starts crying. And he's like, oh, oh, no, what do I do? And she's like, not, there's no fixing this. I'm basically your prisoner here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be with you. But you, what? Am, how am I going to get away? You won't let me. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I won't. So I imagine how I feel where I love you, but you want to get away from me. Imagine that. Terrible. Putting it on you, Natalie. <laughs> uh, so then finally they just, they talk about it because he thinks, okay, the only way I'm going to keep her is if I tell her about my past. And so he tells her the whole sad story about how his dad was an alcoholic. And essentially, in order to protect his younger siblings, Sebastian killed his father and then fled. He left his two younger brothers uh, to be raised by some caretakers who were also like equally abusive, um, apparently. And they hold a grudge against him for it, whatever. He, he left... Uh, and was kind of just like living on the streets, had to do a bunch of terrible things. Um, I'm sure like basically alludes to him like being sexually abused as well as like, you know, having to fight for his life literally. Um, And then he says like, there was a sex worker that he, that used to like work near where he would hang out during the day. And he saw, um, he he recognized that like she was faking it most of the time but then one time she had a client who was into bdsm and he was like spying on her and he was like "Ooh, she's actually really into this for once so he kind of internalized this is how you please a woman this is how you please a woman and so that's why he was like he had he just has a very bad relationship with his own kinks (laughs) um he wasn't even sure he liked bdsm i guess until he saw that natalie was into it He's got a lot. Of, he's got to go to therapy. He really he's got does. To. He really does. He can't he does use kink that. as therapy, and that is a hundred percent what this man is trying to do, and it's Absolutely. not going well for him. <laughs> so she basically gives him like she gives him her forgiveness, and she gives him like her like she's like, hey, there's nothing. You were a kid, like whatever. I don't give a shit about your past. Like you can't change it. So let's just move forward here and you could be a better person. And they just decide to be in love forever. And she also kind of takes some responsibility for having pushed him sexually in ways that he yeah. probably wasn't really ready. She for. did apologize for that. So and that, that was, was nice. nice. We like to see mm-hmm. it. Would have been good if he apologized for like kidnapping her a couple times, but he didn't know, though. He was he like, I would do it again. He was like, I I'm not, would, and sorry. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. And I will continue to do this until the day we both die. 
Um, and yeah, and then they just, they get there happily ever after they go back to Russia, they bury daddy. Uh, she gets all the money because the reason why, um, uh, Sebastian was having all of these secret meetings was to like basically unlaunder the money, like make it all, or I guess just launder the money. I don't know. I'm clearly not a criminal. He's basically making her inheritance as clean as possible so that she was not tied to the mafia. And then he was going to take it over and be that like peacekeeper protector sort of thing. And, uh, they just live in Russia forever. Cool. Yeah. I, I like, I appreciate it. I felt like there was a lot of good conversations in this book that they had. Um, was Sebastian a little bit toxic? Yeah. 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 There was no apology there for that, but that's what you're getting from a dark romance. So, but yeah, I guess, I guess I liked it. I guess I liked it. And he was less toxic than a lot of the other men we've seen. True. He was no uh, future president of the United States. I forget his name. <laughs> I love my country and I love my wife more or whatever. <laughs> still so good it's still oh my god uh all right well that's it for mafia romances (laughs) forever probably probably i just i don't think this is this like i said not the subgenre for me and i understand there is a huge audience for it i can see why people would like it but it's not for me for me it was just one of those that it was there was too much uh having to sift through stuff I didn't like in order in order to find something that I kind of liked you know yeah yes that's the big problem um but we're done with it and we're we're moving on to bigger and brighter things uh specifically we are moving on to holding pulling up the calendar we do have one more mafia romance to read oh that's true we lied we We just lied lied to everybody we We forgot we have another hold on we have one more mafia romance (laughs) yes you're right so uh i lied because we are doing in between warrior cats uh we are doing another little mini break with a return to our dear friend gordon corman um because apparently he wrote a mafia romance but for middle graders i guess we had a friend our friend and listener um brad co-host it for one episode yes and co-host for one episode brad he recommended this to us to read for this unit specifically and And we laughed at him oh how we laughed it took a second though because we were just like (laughs) oh yeah why a mafia romance interesting but then like we looked at the cover and we were like wait gordon corman like the gordon corman our dear friend it was it was our dear friend Gordon Corman. Uh, so he's going to be back for another week. So we will be reading Gordon Corman's uh, Son of the Mob next week in lieu of a Warrior Cats book. The cover's just so funny. It's a guy holding his hands as you would hold a gun, but it's a bouquet of roses. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, so we'll be checking that out. Um, it's just a little mini break between Warrior Cats units. Yes, only the one book. And then the week after that, we will be reading the next book in Anna's dystopian lit unit. <gasps> what will it be? What will it be? I am going to say what the book is, and I fully realize this is neither the Ur example or the oldest example, so, like, don't get at me. Uh, <laughs> we will be doing okay. the 1933 novel uh, Cat Country by oh. Lao She which is uh, about a satirical novel of China in the 1930s. Well, it's about a spaceship crash landing on Mars and everyone there is a cat. What? (laughs) So I don't know. 
Seems seems like, you know, since we're not doing Warrior Cats next week, we need some cat content. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you would like for us to read for the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Cressley Cole, fap, fap, fap. No one wants to hear us describe sex scenes. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you want to talk about the part where he like. <laughs> it's nasty. I don't cut that out of the podcast. I don't even want to have said that on the podcast.